Today on Keep Classical Weird, the exciting conclusion to our weeks-long crazy opera tournament. We've brought back Claire Baravac, Damian Jeter, Alex Romano, and Nicholas Fox to all weigh in on who they believe should hold the title of craziest opera. Welcome, friends, to episode 18 of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today we grab all of our opera experts back for one more vote. Our finalists are The Nose by Shostakovich and Le Grand Macabre by Ligeti. As a review of how crazy these two actually are, the biggest takeaways from each include a car horn fugue and tap dancing noses. They are absolutely over the top. In order to decide who takes over the title, I invited my original four experts to come back and give their official vote. The first voice you'll hear is from the expert who originally chose the Ligeti finalist. Here from the Portland Opera is Nicholas Fox. All right, so can you give us, I know one of them was actually your one of your uh, choices, but let's let's hear your final vote for who who gets the title for Craziest Opera. This is actually a very easy vote for me since um, I'm, I'm, by definition, I'm biased. And if there's one thing I believe in, it's bias. <laughs> one of the two finalists is, is, is an opera that I submitted. So my vote is for Georgi Ligeti's Le Grand Macabre. That's a beautiful vote. I just want to, let's, let's put a little bow on it because they're okay. both really good contenders. The plot... The instrumentation, uh-huh. the musicality, all of those were crazy. And so you believe that those facets of crazy edge it out over the nose. Yes, I think that it is a completely and utterly unique piece of musical theater. The, the plot is totally phantasmagorical and crazy and drugged out. It's about the end of the world. It's a satire about the end of the world and a, a mythical end of the world. The music is the music of a madman, which Ligeti was, and it has nothing to do with any other opera that we know well from the repertoire. You asked me, what is the craziest opera? And there's the first adjective that comes to mind with Le Grand Macabre is crazy. There we go. One for Le Grand Macabre. Next up, we'll hear from mezzo-soprano Alex Romano. Oh, man, you guys picked two good ones, I'll tell you. Like, just a brief Google search of all the productions. You can tell that a piece is really crazy when there is nary a normal production to be found. (laughs) So so I've done a lot of Googling, obviously, since these were not my particular choices. No hard feelings, I understand. They are extremely weird. You know, I think the Ligeti has the upper hand in its musical language. I'll say that it is not your most approachable piece. I, in watching it, was could only think of those poor singers having to learn it and what their scores must look like, because I know what mine looks like when I have to count something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same point, having also done a, a bit of work on Chostakovich's like obsession with 12 tone rows for a little while, like that is equally complicated. So in terms of musical language, I would say the Ligeti, but for me, the story, the pure surrealism of like, let's go into the mind of a crazy person, that's got to be the nose. Is that your official, is, is the nose your official vote? My final answer. 
Wow. Also, if anyone wants to put me in a nose costume to run around stage, like, I'm your girl. So we are now tied. One for Le Grand Macabre, one for the nose. Let's now head over to singer and composer Damien Jeter. I think I'm going to have to go with Le Grand Macabre. Wow. How close yeah. was it for you? I don't think it was very close at all, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of this piece from the very beginning, but it is definitely one of the weirdest, most bizarre operas ever created. I mean, starting off with the car horns just <laughs> should have been a clue for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so true. If you're starting an opera off with car horns, yeah. Yeah. I think the nose is just funny. Yeah. it's a great. I think it's a great story, but I, I think... I think the Ligeti is is much more bizarre. I mean, just given Ligeti's work, it's not... I mean, the the opera is crazy, but the music is not as off the wall as one would expect from him, I guess, given some of the other stuff that he's written. But maybe he was in a different period when he wrote this. (laughs) Isn't that saying something, too? Like, it's... Yeah. By any other standards, by any other goalposts, that's such absurd music but it's like well for Ligeti yeah it's not that bad (laughs) we are at two for Le Grand Macabre and one for the nose our last vote comes from the general director designate for the New Orleans Opera Claire Burovac she was the one who originally pardon the expression picked the nose so Claire one of your choices made it all the way to the final round so I want now your official vote Well, thank you for inviting me to participate, and I'm honored to have gone this far in the competition. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, after listening to Nick and then spending a little time with the Ligeti, I have to give it up. Uh, My opinion is that the Ligeti is the craziest opera that there is. That is a twist I didn't see coming. That is amazing. All right. So so you list, you listened to it. You thought about it. So what was it that, that tipped the scales for you? Well, I think that, you know, the nose is amazing. The story is crazy and the music is great. Um, but I think Ligeti takes it to another level. You know, he's got the same really crazy, wild, out there storyline. He does even more with the orchestration. The description of the number of percussion instruments in that opera just blew my mind. Read a little bit online. There's some great video on YouTube that your listeners can check out, including I would highly recommend Barbara Hannigan singing this one RAF that she performed with the New York Philharmonic. And it's it's like the craziest coloratura aria on steroids. Uh, so I highly recommend listening. Okay. And, you know, everything about it just takes the nose and raises it to the next level. And with that final twist, we have a winner. Ligeti's Le Grand Macabre is, in this completely unscientific and non-comprehensive tournament, the winner of the title of Craziest Opera. Well... Except that's not quite the whole story. One of my personal beliefs, as well as an underlying mission to this podcast, is to create a bigger narrative with classical music. It's not just about listening to classical experts taking their opinions and running with them, no questions asked. I firmly believe, and I'm certain these experts would agree, that classical music, like any other art form, is open to all interpretations and reactions. 
It is a form of emotional communication that we necessarily have to translate into the spoken word to dissect. It should involve everyone. For an extra perspective on this very bizarre tournament, I went to one of the smartest people I know who was absolutely not an opera expert. I called my dad. Can you tell me your name, please? I'm Joe Bozell. Excellent. And we are related. Yes. <laughs> I would be your father, yes. Yes, yes this is my dad. And um, can you, so what is it that you, you're, you're retired now, but what is it that you did before you retired? Well, yeah, I am, I am retired. My profession, I've been a chemist for all my career, and I've worked in industry. I've worked for the government, and most recently, I worked for the University of Tennessee, uh, where I finished up as a professor. And what is your expertise in the world of opera? My expertise in the world of opera is zero. Fantastic. <laughs> I have, I think, I think tonight, I think I'm going to be your resident Philistine. <laughs> You've seen a couple. I've seen a couple, thanks to you. I know I've heard arias and snippets. I guess I'm not completely unfamiliar with opera, but you know, <laughs> it's not the first thing I've chosen to listen to. Sure. I wanted, I, I wanted a smart guy who doesn't know a lot about opera. I've listened to both episodes. Okay. I have listened to the description of all the operas, and I even took notes. Wow, that's <laughs> above and beyond. Well, I, 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 you know, I didn't want to be completely unprepared. First of all, I wanted to point out that I really loved listening to the experts. That was fun because they were they were so excited about things, and you could see. I knew their hands were moving and they were jumping up and down and saying, this is crazy. This is insane. Do you know what's going on? Oh, my gosh. I, the one guy that said, I have no idea what this opera is about. I, that was I just Damien. Yeah, he was so great. Yeah, for the record, I, you know, I hope my opinion counts for no more than like one-tenth of one percent of anything here. This is because, <laughs> uh, as you've pointed, correctly pointed out, I'm, I'm a guy that knows a little bit about opera. Okay, so if we go through these... I actually, I, I tried to categorize them because we had eight operas to talk about, and they fell into three categories for me. Oh. Now, I know this sounds very process-oriented and science nerdy, but it's kind of the way it worked out. Okay, so I've got one group that is Plate, Lulu, Die Frau ohne Schotten, and The Ring Cycle. And those were the ones that, while they may have their own set of weirdness, I kind of felt like they weren't too far outside of the bounds of weirdness of a lot of opera plots that I've heard. Hmm. Now, I know you'd, set, you'd also set up that crazy can be defined as anything. It can be the plot. It can be the music. It can be the time. It can be whatever you want to define as crazy. I tended to think of the plots because for me, I don't know that I've ever heard of any opera where the plot to me was just not insane so these first four to me plate lulu uh, defrauen a shot in the ring cycle to me they all kind of set up their own context they were kind of fairy tale-ish like plate the frog-like character mm -hmm. and mythical characters juno and zeus i could really imagine that being a you know written by any of the classic opera writers because then that plot just didn't seem you know too bizarre to me. Same thing with Lulu, which I guess it was defined as crazy because of the music. 
the music was difficult and the and the singing was difficult, but the plot was pretty straightforward. The woman without a shadow. Same thing. It kind of uh, went along. It built up its own context, and the ring cycle is, is Nordic mythology. You know, with the ring cycle, like the woman was talking about, four days of opera. If you really want to perform the entire ring cycle, you just go on and on and on, and it's a real tour de force for the for the performers to have to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you grew up with Bugs Bunny, and if you grew up with What's Opera Doc, and Kill the Wabbit, and Oh, Hilda, You're So Lovely, you would have an appreciation for the ring cycle, and you'd know where it's coming from. The melodies are pretty pretty accessible. Ride of the Valkyries and Apocalypse Now. Everybody kind of knows those. That's group one. Okay. Now we start cranking up the bazaar a little bit, and we get... Uh, the Grand Macabre and the Exterminating Angel. Mm-hmm. The Grand Macabre is in the second category because it struck me as more bizarre than the first four. Mm-hmm. But they also said it was, you know, the, the story was done in Bruegelville. And I said, oh, Bruegel, P- Peter Bruegel, right? And Hieronymus Bosch were sort of contemporaries and they painted these bizarre pictures of the end of time and and apocalyptic visions and that sort of stuff. And I said, Okay, these people miss out on the end of the world, but the fact that they're into the end of the world in Bruegelville makes kind of makes sense. It had its own context and it didn't step outside of the context. The Grand Macabre had its own little Boschian, Bruegelian world that it set up, and it it was kind of funny, uh, sleeping through the end of the world. So now we get down to the finalists. Mm. What caught me was both of them, La Mamelle de Teresa, Teresia, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the nose. And I think I was caught up by anatomical oddities. <laughs> <laughs> that does set them uh, apart, doesn't it? it? It really sets them apart from the other six. The La Mamelle, to, to see the woman out there performing and then at one point in there removes these two large balloons and pops them or whatever. Uh, and it's... That that's pretty funny, right? <laughs> it's just, and and I heard the description and I went, what? <laughs> Nothing compares to the nose. <laughs> and so, <laughs> if your listeners are wondering what the Philistine chose as the number one weirdest opera, it has to be the nose, because as far as I can tell, there's no context to to go by. Why would a guy find a nose inside his wife's loaf of bread? How would you recognize it? It's just, it's just, I mean, it's a nose. (laughs) Right. And he said, oh, well, here, (laughs) I got to get this back to my owner, to its owner. And then at some point he's trying to put, he loses his nose and he's talking to his nose as if, you know, a disembodied nose who feels better and more proud of himself. So you're, you're not worthy of me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Then finally, You've got, how do you put together a libretto about a pretentious nose that's unwilling to reattach itself to its owner's face? They're singing about this <laughs> at the same time this is all going on. And if I, to see a production like your expert talked about, to see a production where you had a group of tap dancing noses, ah, that'd be worth the price of the ticket. And so to wrap this up, that's my vote. The weirdest opera in this group of eight is easily The Nose. And that's our show for today and the finale for set three of this podcast. 
My sincerest thanks to Nicholas Fox, Alex Romano, Damian Jeter, Claire Borovac, and Joe Bozell. And thanks to all of you who participated in the tournament. The votes and the discussions were fantastic. Our theme music is composed by Thomas Barber. Check him out at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. We'll be back next week with a trailer for the next set of fun podcast episodes to come, so make sure to tune in. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay weird. <laughs>